Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has room. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we're talking about Nikhil Bitrand. Um, this hasn't really been a priority because of some of the bigger picture things going on, um, but Nikhil Bitrand uh, did not include Colorado in his top six, uh, I don't even know what you call it, top six destinations is top six whatever but you put out the list of like the 10 schools you're most interested in going to and then the six and then the three and i hate all of that stuff it just seems like a waste of time just decide we're going to announce it but whatever we the drama what's wrong with drama i guess um point is he is not coming to colorado at least that's how it seems today and uh we're gonna talk about that a little bit and then later on, we will uh, get into just a little bit more of the realignment stuff. Uh, there isn't a whole lot to talk about. So, uh, yeah, probably a little bit shorter podcast. Um, it's, it's July, uh, but uh, that's the plan for today. Um, and then maybe tomorrow we'll run through and talk about, like, maybe pick some games talk about how you win some games. The thing is like that's normally stuff I save for closer to the season, but I don't know how much longer this is going to be my podcast. And so I do have some of those sorts of things that I want to get done before I'm gone, you know? Um, so Nikhil, 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 Nikhil. Um, what's what a, what a ride it's been, right? You know, from him committing to Colorado and the general consensus being, okay, whatever. Um, just because he was not he was not seen as a, a spectacular prospect for the buffs. It's, uh, again, mostly because he wasn't rated by 24-7 sports. He's just pretty much off the radar. Um, eventually, though... Everybody warms up to him. Um, ESPN has him as one of the the Buffs' top recruits. 
um, the 24-7 Sports, both in its own rankings and in the composite rankings, has him as one of the top recruits for the Buffs. Um, he was uh, number, let's see, four? Eight six two two would be, yeah, he would have been the number five recruit um, for CU, uh, according to the 24-7 Sports rankings. Um, so that's, um, that's one of your better players, especially in a, a class where you, you have some, I don't want to say like lower tier guys, um, but not all of these prospects have that sort of national recruiting punch, ha- have, have those offers from other schools. But the point is, so back in the day, he was not seen as a big time prospect. Um, over time that changed, mostly changed because SEC schools decided they were interested and you know how recruiting rankings work. Uh, if, if Georgia says he's good, well, guess what? He's probably good. Um, so he rose and rose and rose, winds up going on visits to, to some other schools. You realize he's not so committed at all, and uh, he officially is no longer committed to CU according to 24-7 Sports. And I'm not sure why exactly that is. It might just be because like, it, it, because he's not the, Colorado's not in that top six. Uh, it could be because uh, he actually technically decommitted i'm not sure i'm not sure how all that works to be honest um but he's no longer going to colorado and i guess that's where things open up um i will say the the six schools he's he's still interested in auburn kentucky georgia penn state syracuse texas a&m most of those it's easy to say or, or Easy to see why, you know, you would you would choose that school over Colorado right now. Um, the four SEC schools are obvious, uh, especially you know Georgia's Georgia, Texas A and M has all that money. Penn State, very good, uh, very good football program right now. Syracuse in front of Colorado. I mean, that one might be a little bit more of a surprise, uh, but uh, it is it is what it is. Um, you would have liked to see Colorado stay in the hunt, but now here we are. Um, looking through the rest of that recruiting class, you do wonder if Colorado saw the writing on the wall a little bit. Um, Drew Perez just added a couple weeks ago as a tackle prospect. Um, could that be a response? I think potentially, but bringing in two tackle prospects makes a bunch of sense anyway, so I don't think those two things are all that related. Um, I do think now you probably go out and add another tackle to this class, um, a class that's still pretty full with 15 members. So we'll see, especially because they recruited that position pretty heavily beforehand. And just, I mean, we might as well look through the the future of that position um, and just what the buffs have at tackle. Um Right now, it looks like it's going to be Frank Phillip on the right side and Jake Wiley on the left side. Um, Frank's a junior. Jake is a sophomore. You would expect to have those two for this season and next season. Jake Wiley for another season after that. Um, You also have Jared Christian Lichtenhan, who hasn't redshirted and is a sophomore. So you could see him just get this red shirt year so that he has three more to play after this year. Um, outside of that, you know, they 
Jackson Anderson, Luke Eckert, a couple of tackles who are redshirt freshmen. Those are young guys. Um, and, and there isn't a whole lot of experience depth right now. I guess Tommy Brown spent some time at tackle at Alabama, so in a pinch, you could throw him outside if you're not ready to put uh, Jared Christian Lichtenhan outside. Who knows what you're going to get from Alex Harkey. He's prob- probably a tackle. Um, so, yeah, not, not the most depth right now, but with Carter Edwards and Travis Gray coming in as true freshmen this year, Next year, you look at things and say, okay, we're going to have experienced top-end tackles. We're going to have good depth tackles, guys we want to get on the field. Who knows? Maybe those guys can even push for for roles early on. So, really, this season is the season you're in a pinch, and obviously bringing a guy who's not even going to be on campus next year or this year isn't going to help that. Um, again, though, you look, you have the two redshirt freshmen. You have the true sophomore you have a couple of redshirt sophomores. You've got um, Carter Edwards, Travis Gray showing up. The pipeline is still pretty full. Um, and that's, I don't even think that's too controversial. When you when you look at, you know, these guys who, let's say Nikhil would have played uh, the, the 2024, Five season would probably be be his first season on the field. Who knows? But that'd be the the easy guess. At that point, you you still have some of these pieces, and you can't be too worried about on paper. But again, it's different than some of the other positions. You know, quarterback, where you only have one guy out there, it's a little bit different beast. You, here, you have a bunch of different options and you don't know whether Travis Gray pans out or Carter Edwards pans out or, or Luke Eckert pans out. Um, so I'm not I'm not too worried about it, especially because this is something you kind of came to grips with a few weeks ago um, when, when the writing seemed to be on the wall. Um, definitely a bummer, but I don't think it's something you can't recover from. And the other piece of this is you know, when you build this class so early on, you're going to have some people leave. Um, and that's not a reason to not do it. Um, it's it's still worth it to, to build an early class and then patch those holes as they come, I think. Uh, but you, you just hope it's not too many, right? If, if you lose him and you lose... Would you call losing two more commitments a win? Assuming nothing crazy happens, assuming you know Carl Durrell is still around after this season, um, that sort of thing. I, I I think that if you lose two more commitments, I'm not sure if you're calling it a win, but it's not the end of the world. If you if you lose one more guy, then I think you probably call that part a win. Um, in terms of like broadly where. CU is likely to be adding more players to this 2023 recruiting class. Um, honestly, it's kind of tough. Um, let's, we can run through position by position. So quarterback, you already have a guy with Ryan Staub. You're young at the position. I don't think you bring two in, but if when you don't have a quarterback, it's hard not to just keep throwing bodies at the position and hope for the best, you know? Um, so while I think you just look at how the roster is constructed and, and say, okay, you've got 
these, whatever, three, four guys on the roster who are going to be here for a few more years. You've got one guy in this class who's on the way. If that's all you're looking at, you're probably fine with the position. Um, if you factor in the performance they've gotten out of these guys, then there's there's probably more to it um, than that. But I, I still say you, you just stick with the one with Ryan Staub. Um, and, and honestly, just try to hold on to him. I think he's one who you could see some other schools jump in on. Um, running back, they have A.J. Newberry uh, from Texas who's coming in. I wouldn't mind seeing another one there. Again, you've, you've got four, 15 commitments right now. I'd guess this class turns out to be 24 players. Maybe with 23 more likely in 25, um, but this is this is a year where we'll really see what the philosophy is. You know, I I personally would bring in 21 guys and use a few more scholarships on transfers after the season, um, but we don't really know what this staff feels about how that balance should play out. Uh, so I would guess that you're probably looking at 24. So if there's nine more scholarships, I would give one to a running back. Um, receivers, you're probably set with Isaiah Harge, uh, uh, Edward Schultz, and Wesley Greaves, the newest commitment from a couple weeks ago. Three's probably good there, especially because you skew a little bit younger at that position as well. You know, Ty Robinson and Chase Penry, even like Montana Lamonius Craig is a young guy. Um, so I don't, I don't think that. Uh, well, with with Phil McGag in there, maybe they do still see this as a pretty desirable destination. But with three already in the class and those guys on the roster, I don't think... I mean, if you can go get a four-star, get the four-star. But you don't need any. Um, along the offensive line, I think you need a tackle. I would I would grab... I might grab three more linemen in this class. Um, just, just go a little bit heavier. That'd give you five total, which would be obviously a big year. But uh, you, you probably—it's probably two more. Probably another tackle, another guy in the interior, and especially with nine scholarships left. Yeah, that's the way you do it. You, you throw two more in there, um, one outside, one inside. Um, and with the uh, running back, with the with those two, all of a sudden you've got six scholarships left. Uh, looking at the tight end position, they've already got the two there: Andrew Metzger from Regis and Tucker Ashcraft from Seattle. Not the most highly rated guys, but that seems like a position where Carl Durrell knows what he wants. Um, you know, Mercedes Lewis type. Not necessarily somebody who's going to go for 1,300 yards or threaten it. Just somebody who can go out there and do the job, make some blocks, then add whatever you can add on top of that. I don't think you're seeing another tight end unless somebody decommits. Um... So you've got six scholarships going to this defense. Um, you, you've got the three edge rushers already. I don't think you use one there. If, if there's somebody you like, that's a position where you can always just throw more guys at it, especially because you know you, you can move them inside, you can move them to linebacker. It, it probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if you used four scholarships in this class, although that would be a very big number. Um True defensive linemen, they really don't have any, um, at least by the 24-7 sports 
classifications. Um, and all those, I mean, all the three edges, they really are edges. So that's probably, you might see two, two there, potentially three. I would guess you get two. Um, yeah, I would guess you get two in there. And so then you're you're down to four scholarships when you look at the back seven. Probably no kicker or punter. Really no reason to because your guys are young. Um, so you get those four scholarships. You might see... I mean, what, first I should say, C.J. Turner, your top recruit, he's a linebacker. If you hold on to him, um, especially with last year being a little bit bigger linebacker class for you, probably only need one more there. Um, and you can use three in the secondary. You've already got Adrian Wilson at safety um no cornerbacks right oh taylor starling they they have him as a corner that's the right place for him um so that's i mean you probably see one more safety and and two more corners in this class would be my guess and that's how i would get up to 24 scholarships uh, who knows if that's the number they're targeting who knows if they really care too much about the specific number or just what guys they can go get but you're starting to see where things could round out there was that cornerback who uh Oh, what is his name? Uh, I want to say he's from Bishop Gorman in in Vegas. I I think he just put out a list with Colorado still on it, so that's that's notable. Um, it seems like the Buffs have been in on some of the bigger recruits at corner, but haven't been able to land one. That's where if you can get a guy who you know, has the size and speed and all those big traits could really help pull a class like this together. Um, you know, you're still kind of maybe lacking a bit of an identity here. And part of that's just because so many of these guys, like you look and, and their top recruit, a point eight seven five three, Cam Beiser, number two, is it point eight seven? Um, you look down to three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9 10 11 12 you you've got the the 12th place guy a little above a 0.85 so you're all kind of compact um which means you can't read too much into the differences some good edge rushers up toward the top i guess and then you you've got a few of them uh, but i i still think that you're still waiting to set the identity of this class a little bit i guess it skews defensive um, if you throw in another corner, then you could say this is a pretty good defensive class. Um, at the same time, if if you add another running back and and he's the a four star, you know, then that might change things. So there's where I'm kind of at uh, with with this recruiting class. And uh, I got a couple more thoughts on realignment, but real quick, Breckenridge beers are the best beers. Uh, that's why we like Breckenridge Brewery so much. Uh, you can pick up your beers wherever you are, whether you're in Colorado, whether you're in Montana. There's so many different options. Um, I think, what would we decide? There's six places in like the small town where I live in Montana where you can buy Breckenridge beers, which is a crazy number. And you should definitely do that because it is really, really good beer and you won't be disappointed. Um, they do a bunch for the community. They're a huge part of the sports scene here. That's why they work with us. And, uh, yeah, they support us, so you should support them, and we appreciate you for doing that. And also, want to give a shout-out to Sexy Pizza. Uh, Sexy Pizza is really good pizza. 
we have it at all of our Broncos tailgates, uh, which are only I mean, right around the corner. I'm not sure if we're tailgating the preseason games. If I were in charge of that, we would. Like, people are going to go. Might as well have a tailgate. Like, it might not be as much of a party as Russell Wilson's first game, but why not? I don't know about that. But, I mean, even if that doesn't happen, then we're two months away from tailgating season with sexy pizza at Broncos games. Uh, they have a whole bunch of awesome pizzas. I really like the green chili pizzas. Um, it goes really well with the sausage. You know, green chili pepperoni. I haven't tried it, but it kind of sounds wrong, you know. I'm sure it'd still be good, but the sausage with the green chilies on it, so good. So good. Uh, it has all the sides. There's gluten-free options. There's vegan options. There's something for everybody there. And there's four locations around Denver. There's one at uh, in Trinidad. So go to www.sexy.pizza and uh, place an order because it's really good stuff. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, I love DraftKings Sportsbook. One of the toughest parts of being in Montana is that you don't have access to DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, but actually, here's a DraftKings pick of the week for you um i actually had an idea earlier but then forgot what it was right now um oh the titans to have a winning record this is a future bet there's gonna be a lot of these this summer because there's not quite so many things going on um there are maybe for some of you there are like if you're a baseball fan then there's plenty going on that's not me and so i'm not gonna tell you to spend your money on that what you should do Titans to get a winning record. It's minus 120, basically even odds. It's kind of a bet on Derrick Henry to be healthy, right? Because he alone can go win them those nine games you need. Um, there's your DraftKings pick of the week. Uh, but like I said, there's still baseball going on. There's MMA stuff going on. There's some soccer going on. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, it's uh, the best. Right now, you can get your hands on an awesome offer. If you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the promo code DMVR, and make your first deposit, you'll get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code DMVR, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. Um, some realignment stuff. Um, not, not much news recently. And that'll, I mean, not having any news is news at this point, just because it's such a big story. Um, I think now more than ever that this is going to take some time. Um, you, you think back to the big 12 drama from last summer, which started when Oklahoma and Texas announced they were leaving the conference, but lasted for about a month before the Big 12 had a plan, before the Big 12 said, we're bringing in Cincinnati and BYU and UCF and Houston is the other. Um, so, you know, during that time, they're going through, they're calling the Pac-12, asking for a merger. They're reaching out to a bunch of different people, asking about a bunch of different things, trying to come up with a plan. And I did think this one would move more quickly just because the Pac-12, things feel more dire right now, right? Where, sure, when the Big 12 loses Texas and Oklahoma, the future is very much up in the air. And there's good reason for teams to try to get out of that conference if they get a good option. But 
where were they before those teams left? I think that they might have had just a little bit of an edge on the Pac-12. It was close, but the footing seemed to be just a little bit more stable. We look at the Pac-12, things have been pretty rough, and, and I don't think anybody thinks differently. And because of that, when there is this sort of drama that happens, you lose these two really important members, I think that makes it a little bit easier for members to jump ship than they would have from the Big 12. Uh, the more I think about it, though, and obviously being a few days in without any huge stories coming out, I do start to think that we're going to see this last about a month, just like that Big 12 thing did. And who knows, maybe even longer. Uh, we talked about how Oregon and Washington are kind of incentivized to wait and see if the Big 10 can sway Notre Dame and see if they can weasel their way into the Big 10 with Notre Dame. I think that maybe more important than that is this 30-day negotiating window between ESPN and Fox and the Pac-12, where the Pac-12 can't reach out to anybody else. I, I think, again, more than ever, that the best deal for the Pac-12 isn't going to come from either of those networks. That's because ESPN has the SEC and was kind of the driving force behind all the SEC Big 12 drama last year. And because Fox has the Big Ten, which is, you know, Fox seems to be behind a lot of the drama, you'd guess, uh, that's going on with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten right now, with the Big Ten poaching teams. Because those two networks seem to have a good amount of college football, that doesn't mean that they don't want more, but it means that CBS and NBC probably really do want to get their hands on some college football games and that means probably the Pac-12 at this point and because of that you want to see what they can offer and if you're Colorado it's easy to say you know what let's jump ship let's get to the Big 12 they seem to be more stable and you know it's it's a weird thing where the Pac-12 presidents just aren't all that interested in football and because of that you wonder if there's ever going to be the level of commitment that it takes to turn the Pac-12 into, you know, the the elite of the elite conferences. You know, I think, you know, being Power 5 is one thing, but getting to SEC level, especially now, seems almost impossible. And that's why, if you're CU, it kind of makes sense to jump ship and get over to the Big 12, where the presidents care more. But then you remember who makes that decision. Well, one of the presidents the CU president one of the Pac-12 presidents that doesn't seem to care all that much about football so that's kind of one of those complicating factors there um, that was a bit of a tangent though the point is that if you're CU it makes sense to wait and see what you get offered from the Pac-12 because there really is no rush here there's, there's no, like, your, your back's not up against the wall in any way. There's no deadline, at least, that we can see. Now, if the Big 12 says, you know what, we're thinking we might add these two teams, and at that point we might not want you, even that would be surprising. Like, you just can't think of a world where Colorado doesn't bring up the average payout per school from this new media deal that the Big 12 is going to negotiate. And we're going to get into some of those details in just a second. Um, but the big thing, again, is just that you really have two options if you're Colorado. Stick with the Pac-12, go to the Big 12. 
and it makes sense to wait and see what the Pac-12 can offer before you say, we're going with the Big 12, right? If there's two people offering you something, don't just agree to the first offer. Listen to the second. So that's that's why I'm really thinking this might last a little bit longer. And that on top of, obviously, it's been a few days and it, nothing happened. Uh, and if something was going to happen quickly, it was going to happen quickly, quickly. You know, not a week later, probably. Now, something's going to happen. I'm going to sound dumb after saying that. But the, the the other thing I wanted to get into here and the reason why, you know, I do think that Colorado, I mean, it, it's pretty obvious that Colorado would be a good addition for the Big 12. But there was a nice post on the college football Reddit. Um, somebody went through and basically figured out which uh, which teams had the most games that had over 1 million viewers but didn't include teams from the Big Ten or SEC or just like Notre Dame itself. So, you know, that, that means you're not riding on Ohio State's coattails or whatever. Um, so this I, I thought was interesting. Um, oh, and actually it was an Andy Staples tweet that somebody posted on Reddit. So The Athletic gets the credit for this. Um, but what they found was the most games, and I didn't see... Do we have a time period on this? I feel like there's got to be a one. Oh, since 2015. There we go. Since 2015. Um, so the last, whatever, six seasons, seven seasons. Um, Clemson had 34 games with a million viewers. And, and those that, that count doesn't include games against Big Ten teams or SEC teams. Um, Florida State was second of the, the other conferences with 31. Washington had 28, Oregon had 26, Miami had 22, Washington State had 21, uh, Oklahoma State and Utah had 19, Louisville and Stanford had 18, North Carolina had 16, and Baylor, Virginia Tech, and Colorado all tied with 15. So what is that? That's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Wait, I think it's 15. No, it is 14. So Colorado is in is tied for like 11th through 14th in million viewer games. And you know that's in front of let's see what's what's notable. I mean BYU because uh because it's a LDS school like national following, that's notable in front of Arizona State, in front of TCU. Um I don't know. Maybe there aren't so many big names in there. Uh, but, again, just to get a little bit of a perspective, then you remember how many games has Colorado played on the Pac-12 network? You know, if, if they were broadcast better, um, if the TV deal was better, not just in terms of money, but in terms of where these games are being shown, how does that change things? Like, you could see them moving up a, a, a spot or two because of that. Um, potentially more, who knows? But what you really see, I guess, is that there's that tier of the obvious ones, you know, Clemson, Florida State, Washington, Oregon, Miami. But then, you know, Colorado is right there. I still don't think there's much of a chance that they'll have an opportunity to get into the Big Ten. 
But in terms of schools that the Big 12 will, will really pursue, I think it's clear that, that Colorado would be one of them. I mean, the, the only Big 12 school in front of Colorado in this list is Oklahoma State. And that kind of speaks for itself, right? So the I guess the point of this is to say if Colorado wants to go to the Big 12, they're going to be, be able to. And that's going to be true today. It's going to be true a year from now. It's going to be true two years from now. Um, so that's why you wait. And while we all just want to see the resolution because it's kind of stressful to go through this whole process, um, it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. And they have no reason to rush. There's no deadline. And, you know, in, in about 30 days, um, I guess that clock has already started ticking. Um, we'll say a month and a half from now, I bet that's when we get our resolution. Either there's a new TV deal or Colorado knows what it can get from the Pac-12 and decides to go to the Big 12. Um, that's probably, I guess it's not really a specific date, but that's kind of the next big kind of area to circle on that calendar is about a, a little more than a month from today, uh, maybe a month and a half from today. Uh, and we'll see if something happens there. And who knows? I mean, it's college football. This stuff could change at any time. But that's that's what I'm feeling right now. Um, that's going to do it for today. I appreciate you all for listening. And actually, we're going to get into some college football win totals here, which I'm pretty excited about, specifically Pac-12, some big picture stuff uh, in the next couple of days. So, be on the lookout for that, and I'll see you soon.